there, this is the Hello Personality Podcast, the place for curious and open people who want to take their personality type from a casual curiosity to a life-changing path for growth. I'm Leslie McDaniel, and this is Season 2, Episode 11. While this isn't the last episode of this season, we still have one more, we are nearing the end of Season 2, which has been our first season that was just focused on the Enneagram system of personality types. We've looked at each type and subtype in relationship to their center of intelligence, and that is the body, the heart, or the head. And in the first episode of this season, it was called the Intro to Inner Work with the Enneagram, I talked about the importance of keeping a curious and open mind throughout the season as you listened and learned about each type. Now, whether you're still in the process of finding your Enneagram type, or you've already identified your type, My goal has been to help equip you to do the self-reflection and self-observations that are necessary to interrupt your automatic and often unconscious patterns that are actually narrowing the scope of what's possible for you. I want to help you focus on what really matters in your life so that you can prioritize the things that will lead you to a life that feels intentional, purposeful, and meaningful. So in this episode, I'm going to share with you how to see the things that you can't see. And since taking action is a huge part of the growth process, I'm going to share with you two actions that you can take right now. Okay, so let's start with how to see what you can't see. These are sometimes called your blind spots or your shadow. And it's important to note that everyone has blind spots. Everyone has a shadow of things that they aren't yet aware of. We're about to dig into the blind spots for all nine Enneagram types, but even if you don't know your core Enneagram type yet, this will still be helpful because we can all experience issues related to all of the Enneagram types. It's just that there's one particular type that has a hold on you, and that's where we get our core Enneagram type. And what I mean by has a hold on you, it it means that your particular Enneagram type has an emotional passion that's attached to it. And if you're not sure what those are, you can go back and listen to season two, episode three. And I talk about what the emotional passion is for each Enneagram type. One really useful tool that can help you increase your awareness of your Enneagram related blind spots is called the Johari Window. Now, if you're not familiar with this tool, it's basically a square that's divided into four quadrants. So the boxes on the left side are the things that you already know about yourself. And the top box on the left are the things that both you and others know. The bottom box on the left are the things that you know about yourself, but others don't know. Now, the boxes that are on the right side of the Jahari window are really things that could be considered in your shadow because there are things that you don't know about yourself. The things that would be in the top right-hand box are things that you don't know, but others do know about you. And then the bottom right box are things that you don't know about yourself and others don't know either. So if we're looking at these two boxes, the upper right one is really the easiest place to start when trying to shine a light on your blind spots. And that is the things that you don't know but that others do know. And your Enneagram type can help guide you to see those things because your type often outlines some of the things that you either don't want to see or that you just can't see yet. 
However, you can also seek out feedback from a trusted person in your life to help you see what you can't see on your own. How can you know who to ask? Well, that's a really great question. And you might want to spend a little time reflecting on this before you decide who to ask if you do want to get some feedback about what might be in your shadow. So if you're thinking about a person, you might want to ask yourself questions like, do I trust this person to have my best interests at heart? Will this person be honest with me? So in other words, will they sugarcoat things or be too indirect? Because that's actually not going to be very helpful for this exercise. Will I be able to remain open and receptive to what I hear about this person? So in other words, if it's someone who tends to trigger you, they're probably not the best person to ask. And then the last question you can ask yourself is how well do they actually know me? You may wish to ask someone in your professional life as well as someone in your personal life and see if those answers align or differ. Whether you decide to ask someone for feedback now or later, and I highly recommend that you do when you're ready to hear the answers, I encourage you to approach it with curiosity, self-compassion, and a willingness to let go of any self-judgment that comes up. Okay, well, let's get into some of the particular blind spots of each Enneagram type. As I go through each type, notice what comes up for you. Do you already know these things about yourself if you know your type? Or are they complete surprises? Or are they things that you know in the back of your mind, but you haven't quite been ready or willing to admit or face. Keep in mind as I go through some of these blind spots for each type that some of them will vary by subtype, but there are some general themes and patterns for each core type. So to begin, I'm going to start with the body types. So types eight, nine, and one. So let's begin with type eight. If you're a type eight, you would want to observe or even potentially receive feedback on your own vulnerabilities and weaknesses and how you don't allow those to be shown or seen. Notice your impact of your big energy and power on other people. Try to see the ways in which the speed with which you take action can have negative consequences. It's not always a good thing to just jump into action. Notice your anger. Notice its impact on you, the people around you, and all areas of your life. Pay attention to your need and tendency to dominate others or to be in control. And notice a tendency to maybe be a little less than sensitive to other people and their needs. You might want to look for a potential negative impact of your directness because you tend to be very direct and assertive and a tendency that might go along with that to be dismissive of others. All right, so if you're a type nine, here are some things that you might want to observe or receive feedback on. Notice the impact of your avoidance of conflict. And notice that sometimes you actually react pretty passive aggressively when you don't want to acknowledge that you're angry, but anger actually is the root of that behavior. Notice the role that stubbornness plays in your life and how the root of that is also anger. Notice where in your life you need to set boundaries and how boundaries are actually really good and helpful and useful. And notice your own wants and needs and opinions and you do have them and notice how you stifle them or or don't acknowledge them. 
you might want to pay attention to how you lose yourself to the people that you're in relationship with, or maybe even to a particular set of routines that you rely upon. And lastly, you might want to observe or reflect on the ways in which stifling your own voice or opinions actually negatively impacts you and holds you back. All right, and the final body type would be type one. If you're a type one, some of your blind spots or things in your shadow may include a tendency to be pretty rigid and legalistic, a belief that you're always right or that you know what's best for everyone. You might want to look for and observe a tendency to be quite critical of others and realize or see the impact that this has. Notice and reflect on how you suppress any emotion that has been deemed, quote, bad. But also, notice how much anger you repress and the physical impacts that it has on your body, because that's where it's all actually stored. See your struggle to relax and find enjoyment or to let things go. And then finally, see the push you have for perfection, either in yourself or others, and how this leads to nothing ever really being good enough. Okay, moving on to the heart types, types two, three, and four. Now remember, as we're going through all of these, some of these things may be hard to hear, they may be difficult to notice or observe, and mostly I want you to pay attention to your own reactions and responses to what I'm saying. And whether or not you know your Enneagram type or know you're a a heart type, it doesn't matter. Pay attention because we can all have a tendency for some of these things. It's just that your particular Enneagram type are going to struggle with these things more likely than other types. So if you're type two, you'll want to notice your own needs and often your own feelings because sometimes those are in our blind spots or our shadows if we're a type two. Notice your tendency to give to get or to actually give strategically, and try to observe what it is that you really want when you give to others. Notice and observe, reflect on a need to be more important than maybe you actually are, especially to people who you see as significant. Notice how important it is for you to be liked, and how supporting others can actually be manipulative. Try to see or receive feedback on your difficulty setting boundaries and how this actually makes you more dependent on others than you may realize. Notice your tendency to be overly helpful and generous and notice what's under that. And that goes back to some of the things I said earlier about the give to get, the strategic uh, giving and maybe some manipulation as well. All right, moving on to type three. If you're a type three, some things that may be in your shadow may be difficult to see is actually your authentic self, what you really like and who you really are under the roles that you play. And in addition to that, your own emotions, those may be difficult for you to see and observe. You may struggle, even though you're a heart type and you're actually the center of the heart types, you may struggle to acknowledge or understand the value of your own emotions and the emotions of other people. Try to see or reflect on or get feedback on your impatience and the impact that it has on you and your relationships. See your extreme focus on work and achievement 
and how that may come at the expense of other areas of your life, including your emotional well-being or your relationships or even your physical health. See your really big fear of failure and try to think about what you might actually learn by risking failure. And see how competitive you are with others and how that impacts you and other people. Notice your extreme focus on image and how that impacts your authenticity, like I was mentioning earlier. And lastly, notice that the shape-shifting you do to sort of become what other people need you to be, how that really impacts your relationships. All right, type four. So here are some things that may be in your shadow. So what's actually good right now? Maybe in your shadow, because that's not often the focus of a type four, which is focusing on what's missing. You may also have some of your own positive traits and qualities in the shadow. It's not always bad things that are in our shadows, and this is true for everyone. Observe or receive feedback on or reflect on how much you compare yourself with others and the way that it impacts you or makes you feel. See the impact of your own internal focus on your own emotions and thoughts and what's going on for you on your relationships with other people and the connections you have with people. See how your envy of others may actually take something from them. And notice how much you identify with or focus on your emotions. And along with that, try to reflect on the emotional reactions that you have in your life or have had in your life how those impact both you and the other people that you're in relationship with. And lastly, notice how you keep yourself from being understood or seen, even though that's something that you really want. All right, and moving on to the head types, types five, six, and seven, and what these types can observe or reflect on or receive feedback on. So for type five, Notice what you could actually gain by engaging in an emotional interaction with other people. Try to see how withholding, your withholding that you do, how that impacts your connections with others. And the ways in which the relationships that you have can actually give you energy instead of taking it away from you. Try to see and observe and maybe receive feedback on the impact of your detachment from others and the resulting isolation that occurs from that. Try to observe or reflect on the disconnection that you have from your own emotions, and also how you can be checked out even when you're with other people. Try to see and think about where abundance actually exists in your energy and your other resources, since you're so focused on not having enough of those. And lastly, try to see the ways in which your really strong boundaries end up hurting you. Okay, type six, I'd encourage you to notice and reflect on how fear and anxiety exists in your life. And this is for all subtypes of six, even the sexual six who may be more disconnected from it. But notice how it guides your actions and your inactions. Notice your difficulty trusting yourself or doubting your own inner guidance. And try to see and observe and reflect on the ways in which you can be a contrarian and the impact that has on you. Observe the ways in which you may create problems that need solving because you're always looking for that, looking ahead. And also 
try to pay attention to and observe your push-pull relationship with authority. Another thing to notice would be the impact of your natural skepticism that you have on being able to move forward and make decisions about things. Reflect on how much mental space you give to assessing risks and preparing for potential issues. Try to see that you have a tendency to project your fears onto other people. And another thing for type sixes that sounds a little bit like what we talked about for type fours is notice what's working well already. Notice when there aren't problems and when things are going okay and nothing needs to be solved. And lastly, try to reflect on and observe the issues that you may have with trusting that things will work out. And finally, type seven. If you're a type seven, here are some things that may be in your shadow, maybe blind spots for you, things you may want to reflect on and observe or receive feedback on. The first one is notice what's driving your need to bounce from one thing to the next. And notice the impact of the avoidance of pain and difficult emotions or experiences and how that impacts your life. Try to notice the pattern of your need for more and more and more experiences. And try to notice or reflect on or receive feedback on how an overfocus on the future and new possibilities impacts your ability to finish things. Try to see how avoiding limitations actually hurts you. Or try to think about what could be gained by experiencing some limitations. Notice your difficulty seeing and acknowledging what's not going great. And notice, as a result, the tendency to reframe things and put a positive spin on it. Okay, so I know some of those may have been really difficult to hear, or you may have even strongly disagreed with some of what you heard if you already know your type. Well, I want to encourage you that everything is an opportunity to learn about how you're showing up in life. So notice which parts really seem to hit home. Which items prompted a reaction in you? And what can you learn about yourself from how these things landed on you? Now, those reactions may have been really, really subtle. It may have been a thought, or it may have been you wanting to distract yourself, or it may have been an emotion. Whatever it is, try to notice. And if you're not sure and didn't have any reactions, maybe go back and listen again and have that mindset as you're listening. Even if you're not sure of your Enneagram type, you can use the items from all nine types to reflect and observe to gain a better understanding of what may lie in your own shadow. You can't do anything about what you don't know. So once you become aware of something, you can then see how it impacts you and maybe even without your knowledge. So I think those bits of unconsciousness are the sneakiest because you may know something is wrong, but you won't know the root problem if they're in your shadow, or you may not even understand the far-reaching impact that these things are having on your life. So earlier in the podcast, I mentioned that I was going to give you two actions, two things that you can take action on right now. The first one is that I would encourage you to set up an intentional time to self-reflect. Try to notice what's coming up for you, how you're interacting each day, where some of these blind spots may be occurring in your life. And that can be maybe at the end of the day, it could be at the beginning of the day, over your lunch hour, 
on your car ride home. There's a lot of times, but I would encourage you as much as possible to try to carve out time when you're not doing anything else. I know I just mentioned driving, but if that is the time you can do it, then I would encourage you to do it then. Some time is better than no time. But go ahead and figure out when are you going to do that and try to set up a regular schedule for it. Now, depending on your personality type and how you like to work things, you may not want it to be really rigid and structured. It's totally up to you. Everyone can benefit from self-reflection time, particularly if you're a person who tends to move really quickly or tends to be maybe quite extroverted or out in the world. But even if you're not that way, everyone could benefit from intentional self-reflection time about this particular topic, trying to see what you can't see. Okay, so that's the first one. The second one is to choose someone to get feedback on and choose one thing that you're willing to face right now. And this could even be filling out like the little Jahari window that I talked about earlier and trying to go in that upper right hand corner and ask like, what is it that you're not seeing about yourself? Again, remember those questions I gave you about how to find a good person If you're not ready for this, it's totally okay. You might just start thinking about what you could ask for feedback on and what you would be willing to receive feedback on. That's a really important key too, because if you get triggered by the feedback, it may end up creating a cycle or causing you to to back away from it and not be willing to see it. But if you do get triggered, that's okay too. You can notice what's happening, give yourself some time to calm down or reflect And then start to think a little more critically about what the person said and whether it's true or accurate for you. All right, so as we wrap up this episode, I have two requests of you. The first is that if you've enjoyed this podcast or learned something new by listening, would you be willing to leave a rating and review? I would really appreciate that and it will help more people find the podcast. Secondly, Would you submit your Enneagram-related questions for the next and final episode of this season? Episode 12 will be a QA and a from listeners, and it's one of my favorite parts of the podcast, hearing what you're thinking about and the questions that are coming up for you. You can submit your question at hellopersonality.com slash podcast, and there will be a little pop-up window at the bottom of that page where you can enter your question. Now, just a heads up, if you're listening to this episode much later than when it was originally published, that form may not be on the page, or it may be closed because I've had to record the episode. But you will see in the future seasons another call for questions. Okay, I'll see you in the next episode with listener questions about the Enneagram. Take care. Take care.